For three weeks, I've been sharing with you guys about ways to how to make our faith grow. Uh, faith is an uh, interesting thing in the Bible, is a gift that's given to us. You know, we've been given the measure of faith. Um, in Ephesians 2, it talks about it's the gift of God, faith is. But also faith in Galatians 5 is a fruit. So faith is given to us by God when we're born again, but faith is also something that needs to be developed over a, a process of time. And there's things that we can do to help our faith to grow. And one of those things I've been sharing about over the last three weeks, other than last week when David Mark spoke, which he did a great job. I don't see him in here, but he's in the back. If you can hear me, David Mark, he did a great job last week. I love him sharing his heart, and uh, even through the tears and everything, he does, he does a great job. But... Um, how we can exercise our faith is speaking to the obstacles in our way that are hindering our faith from growing. And there's obstacles there. And it's just something like we're just like, oh, I guess this is God's will, or I guess that. No. Sometimes we need to be active and aggressive in what we're saying, deliberate on purpose, because God's visions, prophecies, and plans for your life are probably different sometimes than the obstacles you see right in front of you. And the obstacles are in contrast to that. We need to speak those, get out of the way, so you can march in what God says. Amen. Man, I felt an amen on that or something. Amen. Amen. It's just for real, right? So Jesus told us to speak to the mulberry tree. That was bitterness and unforgiveness. He told us to speak to the fig tree of barrenness and fruitlessness in our life. That's not God's will, is it, for us to be barren or fruitless, right? It's not God's will for us to have bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. So we have to speak to that, command it to be uprooted, and it would, be, it would obey you. And speak to the mountain of doubt and unbelief. When you're believing God for something or praying for somebody, if doubt and unbelief starts to come up, you just speak to that, be removed, cast into the sea, and it will obey you, and God will give you something else in exchange. So one of the key words in those three portions of scriptures, what Jesus is teaching the disciples, is the word removed. He wanted this tree removed, that tree removed. Remember, he's a gardener. Remember, he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and he trims our branches and prunes and does things. He wants this removed, this mountain removed. But in order for the mountain and the trees to be removed, you have to open your mouth and speak it. You have to say it. You have to declare a thing, and it will be established. God said that. Amen? Like, well, I don't want to say that. I'm not God. No, you're not God, but you've got to agree with God. And you've got to speak what he's telling you to say. So uh, the same God that wants things removed out of our lives is the same God who wants things to be rooted and grounded and established in our lives. Amen? Amen. And those things also come by speaking and declaring the things of God. So uh, today I want to speak with you about uh, another way of exercising our faith. This comes from Jude 20. Now, Jude 20, how many of you know it? I'll know if you know it because you'll smile at me. And you'll, you know, if you like, no, Debbie knows it and if you know it. But Jude 20, it says, Be you beloved. So who's he talking to? The church, right? You beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Beloved, men and women of God, children of God, build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. This is not something God is going to do for you. Amen? This is something you have to do. It's a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual exercise. It's practice. It's like we can't pray and ask God for more muscles. We actually have to lift weights or push-ups or do something that's resistance, that we it don't feel like doing it, but you do it and you get muscles as a result. You can't pray for that. And you can't pray for God to build you up in your most holy faith when he said, you need to speak it out. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So there's things you can do to build yourself up, and it's praying in the Holy Spirit. So um, in this verse, we see the word holy two different times. We see Holy Spirit, and we see uh, most holy faith. And the word holy and Holy Spirit is an adjective, 
and it's describing the Spirit of God. He's holy. He's pure. He's morally blameless. He's sacred. He's consecrated and set apart. He's, he's holy God. It's the Spirit of Jesus. It's the Spirit of God. It is God, right? The Holy Spirit is God. So the, the word also for most holy in there is a noun, and that's referring to our Christian faith. You're going to build yourself up in your most holy Christian faith when you pray in the Spirit, okay? Pray in the Spirit. So the next natural question is, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? So to me, praying in the Spirit is praying prayers that are inspired by God. Prayers that are inspired by God. This can be in English. This can be an unknown language of tongues. This can be however God wants it to be done. But when we're praying prayers that are inspired by God, you're praying in the Spirit. When you're not praying in the Spirit, you're praying in the flesh. And those prayers don't accomplish much. Unfortunately, a lot of our prayers sometimes in church, uh, church overall, universal, is a lot of flesh prayers. They're not spirit-led prayers. They're not in the Bible. They're not the Word of God, the will of God. Just, woe is me, and oh, doom and gloom, and oh, all I guess I can do now is just wait till, oh man, God help me. Um, I, 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 I want to say something, but I want it to come across the right way. I'm all for the return of Jesus, okay? But I am not looking out my window for the return of Jesus. Okay, I am not counting the days down till he comes. Because, you know, honestly, in my heart, if he came back today and took me away so I could be more comfortable, so I could be more convenient, so I could have streets of gold and live in my palace and everything's going good for me, then I'm given a death sentence, a doom sentence to six, seven billion people in this world that haven't had a chance to receive Christ yet. And that is one of the reasons why I believe there is uh, plenty of scripture, there is plenty of scripture to support an end-time harvest revival. And I've shared them here before, and I'm just going to say that and leave that alone for now. But uh, God, I believe it is God's heart that we, even the, the feast of all the feasts, all of the feasts have to do with the harvest. All the seven feasts. It's either a, a pause to celebrate the harvest or the harvest is about to come. It's all, all the feasts, the Jewish feasts, are about the harvest. Are they not? And I, and I think we're coming to the end times. We've been in the end times since the days of Jesus. He said that. We're in the end times, right? But we're still in them, and we're closer now than we've ever been. We'll be closer tomorrow, right? But at the same time, what I see is God coming back one day for a glorious church with a spot or wrinkle. And I don't see that right now. I see a, a weak church right now. It's not an Acts 2 church yet, but I see that's where we're heading. Amen? So I'm going to get off that because that wasn't in my notes. But anyway, now I'm totally lost. But <laughs> praying, is praying inspired prayers. Praying in the Holy Spirit is praying prayers that are inspired by God. So uh, I'm sure many of you have woken up at different times and you felt, uh, I need to pray for Ken. Or I need to pray for Debbie. Or I need to pray for uh, Anna. Or you just wake up like, you just instinctively know, like, I need to pray for them. And you don't even know why. You don't know what's going on. So you just, they're still in bed, barely awake, and you start praying for them. God cover them. God bless them if they're driving. Keep them on the road or whatever. That, guess what? That's a spirit-inspired prayer. That's praying in the Spirit. And sometimes when you pray those things, you can almost feel like the Holy Spirit's presence just comes and rests on you while you're praying it. Have you felt that way? I know we have, the last couple of weeks, we've been praying up in the youth room. Uh, after youth's over, between 8 and 9, and we've been taking those firewall prayer sheets that um, Patricia King put out. And man, those things are anointed. If you haven't done it yet, you need to take some time and do it any time. If you can't do it for an hour, do it for 10 minutes. Do something, do it. But we've been going through those as a group and praying them. And last week, while we were declaring these prayers, some of the prayers were like against the spirit of rebellion and against uh, 
prayers of people not wanting to submit to authority and anti-authority, like with anti-police and some of those kind of, those, those attitudes aren't human. Those are coming from demonic sources that people are picking up on. No human in their right mind would not want the police. I mean, right? I mean, that's just stupid. It's a spirit of stupid, what it is. We just bind that in Jesus' name over our area. Thank God we don't have that. We, will lo- we love and respect and appreciate, uh, you know, Nick and many people that are risking their lives for not the best salary in the world, which they could be doing probably a lot more different things, losing sleep and dealing with drug dealers and some of the scum of the earth, if you will, and, and then they not show them respect and honor and appreciation. I mean, that's just not God. Uh, that's, that authority is God, though. So anyway, going back up upstairs. This is going to be a fun one. I can tell already. <laughs> I'm going all over the place. So uh, upstairs, we're praying uh, and going over these sheets. And I'm, I'm sitting in my usual spot in my chair up there that I used to sit when I did youth. And I had a lot of really awesome, glorious encounters with the Lord right there. And we're just praying, going over this prayer sheet. And as we're praying it, you can feel God's presence come and rest on you when you pray and declare these certain prayers. Uh, Spirit-led prayers. It doesn't matter if it's one we set ourselves or it's off the sheet. And there was times last week where God's presence was so intense. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It, it, it was no music going on. It wasn't a lot of necessarily loud yelling or shouting. It was just like, it was just like God was on those prayers. His heart was in them. And so, if you guys want to come tonight, it's not a youth thing. You're welcome to come and join us between eight and nine, and we're going to pray again and pray again. Keep praying. And after elections are over, guess what? I think we should still keep praying. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Uh, the end goal is not just President Trump winning the, the election. The end goal is seeing Jesus Christ as king uh, on this planet. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That deserved a better amen than that. I'm just saying. Amen. All right. Am I not allowed to talk about President Trump in here? I think we're pretty much a Republican uh, county, are we not? It's been uh, that color for as long as I've been here and long before that. Anyway, uh, when we pray inspired prayers, though, we can feel God's presence on there. And uh, so whether we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying in tongues, we're praying in English, when God leads you to pray for something, uh, it would really, you can feel His presence. So again, I invite you tonight to come between 8 and 9. So how do we pray in the Spirit in English? Prayer in the Spirit is going to be a prayer that is according with God's will. Okay? You can't pray something that's not God's will and think God's Spirit's going to be on it. It's just not going to be. And so what happens is some people are so used to not feeling God's spirit or God's presence, they can pray in the flesh and not even realize they're in the flesh because they're just doing the ga-ga-goo-goo, blah-blah, black sheep, have, you know, or whatever nursery rhymes they know. And it's not God. If you want to pray from God's heart, you've got to pray His word. His word is His will. His will is His word. And if you want to pray according to God's word, you, His will, you have to pray His word. Like Philippians 4.13. Who knows that one? I mean, even Steph Curry knows that one, right? We got that on his shoes. Philippians 4.13, I can do some things through Christ who sometimes gives me strength. You guys know it? I can do all things, right? Through Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing who gives you strength. So you can pray that prayer when you feel weak, fatigued, tired, or whatever. It's like, I thank you, God, that I can do all things at all times through Christ who gives me strength. More than enough, more than you need for strength. Amen? Or you pray for your, your kids, your children, your family members. I thank you, God, my children can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Or uh, we have the mind of Christ, another verse you can think of. Thank you, God, I have the mind of Christ. I thank you, my children have the mind of Christ. And they have creative ideas and do godly things and not perverted and dirty or nasty things or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can pray those things. When you're praying the scripture, you are praying in the spirit. 
because the Spirit was the word, Scripture was written through the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? Also, like the, the I am sheets I've given out here many times, you can take those scriptures and pray them. I thank you, God. I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am above only, not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail. And just go through those 40 verses and just start declaring those out of your mouth, declaring who God says you are. And when you're doing that, you are praying in the Spirit because you're praying according to God's will. Or the firewall declarations. You can do those as prayer requests and the declarations. All of these are examples of praying in the Spirit. Now, again, not praying the Spirit is when someone gets up to pray, and they don't do that here, praise God, because I would take the mic, but uh, I wouldn't want to hear that. But they just get up there and moan and groan and grumble and complain about how rough their life is, and how they just want to just be raptured out of here, and just, like, it's, that's a defeatism attitude. It's a defeatism. We're not called to defeatism. We're called to overcome. More than conquerors through Christ, amen? And they want to moan and groan and grumble and complain this whole prayer, but, but God is faithful. And there's just no faith in that. There's no life in that. Or they pray this long-sounding spiritual prayer, using all some Christian religious words in there, and then tag a, if it be your will on that. That's flesh. The will of God is not a mystery. The will of God is revealed to his sons and daughters in his word. It says the spirit will reveal it to you. It is hidden from some people, but it is revealed to us through his spirit. Amen? The will of God, you can know. You can, you can know who you're supposed to marry, who you're not supposed to marry. You can know what college to go to. You can know the will of God in any situation, but you got to go pray about it. you got to spend time with them. Amen? So that's one way to pray in the Spirit is, is be, praying Spirit-led prayers that are biblical according to God's Word. I heard a story once where this lady was praying for her husband and wife to get divorced because she wanted to marry this man. Well, that's not a Spirit-led prayer. That's witchcraft. Okay, that's evil, demonic witchcraft. Uh, so that's that's flesh, okay? That's just giving you an example of the spirit of stupid that, that, that does happen at times. Can you imagine someone actually praying that? I mean, my gosh. Meet Jesus, all right? Okay, I'm trying to be good. I am. So also uh, praying in the spirit is also praying in tongues. Now, the Bible talks about at least four different types of tongues in Scripture. There could be more than that, but I found at least four. There's a praying in tongues where Paul said everybody can do it, and that's 1 Corinthians 14.5. This is a prayer you do at home, or you do in your car, you do in your loan, you're doing when you're alone, and you're talking to God, okay? Everybody who's a Christian can do that. You can do that. You may not have experienced that yet, but I'm telling you, uh, God hasn't given that to some and not to you to provoke jealousy in you. Jealousy is not from the Holy Spirit. Man, that was a good word right there. And it's not to make somebody feel puffed up. It's not to make somebody feel condemned. It's an invitation to say, hey, come up higher. Come up higher. I got this gift for you. I don't love you more than them. This gift is for you. Paul, Paul wouldn't have said, I wish you all did it if it wasn't possible. The difference is the second type of tongues is a different kind. It's speaking in tongues where somebody does it in a public setting, in a group setting, and they speak out this mystery. And someone else like Wally or Debbie or whoever else has done it in the past uh, interpreted the tongue that was said. And, uh, and everyone's edified and encouraged. That comes on people as the Spirit wills. Uh, it's not necessarily, not necessarily everyone's going to do that. I've done that like once or twice ever. But I pray in tongues every day. So uh, the third type of tongues is speaking, or speaking and understanding an unknown language without any kind of training or study in Chinese or whatever. And all of a sudden you just know and understand that, that word, that, that language. This happened in Acts chapter 2. You think of that there's 3,000 plus outside. At least 3,000 got saved that day when Peter was preaching the message of, of Jesus. 
And uh, it said there was people from all over for the Feast of Pentecost. They came from all over. There was, they list a whole bunch of languages there. I don't remember 10, 15 different languages at least there. And it says they all heard them speaking, praising, and declaring the mysteries of God in their own language. So either that miracle was in the tongues that the people in the upper room were saying or in the hearing, a combination of both or whatever. But uh, this is very common on the mission field because it's not going to be common here because we all speak the same language. But when you go to other countries where there's unknown languages, sometimes people just automatically just are downloaded by God a language, and they can speak it as if they are born there. Perfect dialect, perfect uh, uh, pronunciation. That's God, amen? That's pretty cool. I've heard stories of people being downloaded gifts of piano and guitar, never took a lesson, all of a sudden, boom, they're, they're now the worship leader. Now, that'd be sweet. Because, huh? I mean, piano lessons, so that takes a long time. Uh, or not, the fourth one is called groans of intercession. You find this in Romans 8.26. And this is a ben- well, one of the many benefits of praying in tongues is when you don't know how to pray as you ought to, the Spirit makes groans of intercessions that your words can express that come out of your spirit and you're praying to God. Man, how many times have you been there and some tragedy or something crazy happens like, well, I don't know how to pray for that. Well, it's common, right? But you know how to pray in the Spirit, you pray in the Spirit, and you're praying the perfect will of God in that situation. So, um, so that's a little bit about the diversity of tongues. That's when you're trying to think of tongues as singular, it can be confusing. When you think the diversity, there's multiple manifestations of what that looks like with different people. Uh, even how my tongues sound compared to someone else, they don't even sound similar. I've rarely heard someone whose tongues sound like mine. But anyway, I, have you ever thought to wonder, why would God want us to pray in tongues. Now, I'm telling you, this, this message is not uh, a Pentecostal message. I want to make a little disclaimer here on the bottom of my little note. This is not a, uh, <laughs> this is, this is not a, a Baptist message. This is not a Presbyterian message. This is a Jesus message. It's the Word of God message. There is no uh, all this difference. No, it's God. It's either God or it's not, amen? And this is God. I'm going to show you a lot of Scripture today, but have you ever stopped to wonder, why would God want me to pray like that? I know I did. When someone started telling me about this, and I thought they were a little crazy, and I thought they were charismaniac and stuff like that. Like, why would God want me to pray like that? I don't even know what I'm saying. How is it going to possibly benefit me? But what I was going from is from my logical reasoning mind, I was stuck in this intellect, in this mode of, I have to understand everything I'm saying, doing, whatever. And God has another way. God has another way. Do we know God's smarter than us? Don't we know he's chose the foolish things of this world to dumbfound the wise? Yeah, and praying in tongues, it seems very foolish. And people have called tongue talkers foolish. They've called a lot of different names. And they're not insulting us. They're insulting the spirit of God and the gifts of God. I'm I'm just telling you, but I find it interesting that... uh, the first gift poured out in Acts 2 was the gift of tongues. Okay? And in James, I won't read this whole section. I'll just summarize it. But James 8, uh, James excuse me, 3, verse 8, it says, No man can tame the tongue. And then the first gift poured out in Acts 2 was the gift of tongues. Is it possible that because no man can tame the tongue, God poured out by the Holy Spirit a gift to help us tame the tongue, and it's praying in the Spirit? Okay? Uh, I mean, the Bible's clear about not letting these unwholesome words come out of our mouth. Not letting uh, perverse talk, of course, joking and cursing and swearing, all kinds of things. These things don't glorify God. And so if, you have, if you're bound up in cursing and swearing, guess what? There's a gift for you. It's called praying in tongues. 
felt praying in the spirit. If you're bound up in telling perverted jokes and coarse joking, and you think that's just the natural, that's what the good old boys do down at the corner store, that's not what the spirit of God does. It's not from the spirit of purity or our honesty or integrity of, of Jesus, right? But if you are bound in that, that's okay. God can set you free. And guess what? You pray in the spirit. You pray in the spirit, and that gift of tongues can work that mess out of you. It's going to tame your tongue. You can't tame it, but the Spirit of God can, amen? amen. So um, another reason I thought of for, well, we just mentioned earlier, for praying in the Spirit is Jude 20 says it builds you up and strengthens you. And who doesn't need that? Amen. And Ephesians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So at first it says in Jude it builds you up, and in 1 Corinthians it says it, it edifies you. This is coming from the same Greek root word, the same word, and it means to build up, uh, to build up, uh, to build upon, to finish the structure of which the foundation has already been laid. So our foundation, of course, is Christ, and he wants us to build upon that foundation with the word of God and prayer, and part of the prayer we need to be praying is praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is not just some kind of, um, what's the word? Not kind of like a, some kind of fad I'm on or some kind of phase I'm going through. Uh, I've been doing this long before I was ever a pastor. And I think, uh, I remember one time, <laughs> praise God, one time I was, uh, went through with deliverance. I needed deliverance from some stuff. And the guy who did deliverance for me, Dick Robinson, he said, you must have prayed in tongues a lot because you've got a lot of stuff going on here that needs to be delivered from. I said, well, praise God I have. Maybe not as much as this guy or that guy, but it felt like a lot to me. When you first get started, five minutes feels like a lot. I'm not going to lie. Because your brain starts screaming, shut up, stop doing that. I don't know what you're saying. And your spirit's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. All right? So it builds you up. So here, 1 Corinthians 14.4 makes a direct connection with these verses of praying in tongues and it edifying you and building you up. It makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. Now, you might not feel anything. Uh, Tom England told me a story a couple weeks ago how a friend of his, uh, before he was in ministry, God asked him to pray in tongues for eight hours a day. You try to do that, right? Eight hours a day. And uh, he did this every day, eight hours a day for three months. Now, the guy must not have had a job, obviously, <laughs> or something. But, he was, but anyway, I don't know. But I've never done that. I've done, you know, different times, but not eight hours. Anyway, when he was done the three-month time period, he didn't feel like anything had changed. He didn't feel any real difference because he was feeling his flesh. His flesh felt the same. But the next time he went to preach, next time he went to teach, next time he laid hands on somebody, man, crazy stuff started happening. Amazing miracles started taking place. So just because you can't see the difference on the outside sometimes when you're praying in the Spirit doesn't mean that something didn't happen. Amen? Let me share this story from uh, Dr. Carl Peterson, MD, uh, conducted a study at ORU, it's Oral Roberts University, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Being a brain specialist, he was doing research on the relationship between the brain and praying or speaking in tongues. He found that as we pray in the Spirit or worship in the Spirit, our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemical secretions that are directed into our immune system, giving a 35 to 40% boost to the immune system. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to pray in the Spirit more. 35 to 40%. That was a scientific study. 
This, it says that this promotes healing within our bodies. Amazingly, this secretion is triggered from a part of the brain that has no other apparent activity in humans. It is only activated by our spirit-led prayer and worship. That's why sometimes you come in and you feel like, oh man, it's been a rough week. I feel so tired. I feel so wah, 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 whatever. And we worship and by the second, third song, hopefully sooner, you're like, yeah. You're feeling good. Something's being released in your body. Uh, this, plus, the spirit of heaviness is getting away from you. There's a lot of things going on there. Worship and praying in the spirit is good for you. Amen? God said it edifies you. God said it builds you up. Just because you don't see how it's doing it doesn't mean it's not doing it. Amen? So, uh, another one. Tongue's influence on stress. This is a response among apostolic Pentecostals. So the data in their study suggests that speaking in tongues is associated with a reduction in stress and significantly associated with positive mood and calmness. Well, there's a good thing, right? Obviously, the reduction of stress is extremely helpful to one's immune system and their entire health. Stress damages the body. Peace heals it. Uh, One study involved nearly 1,000 clergy members of a British evangelical group. The researchers found that 80% who practiced, that's amazing to me that it was 80%. I would have thought it would be the 20%. But it was 80% who practiced praying in tongues had greater emotional stability and less uh, neuroticism, which is a mental emotional disorder um, with instability, anxieties, phobias, and things like that. So they had less. So individuals who score high on uh, neuroticism are more likely than average to be moody, to experience such feelings as anxiety, Worry, fear, anger, frustration, envy, jealousy, guilt, depressed moods, and loneliness. The 20% that weren't praying in the Spirit, but the 80% that were had much less of that in their life. Okay, So research showed that 80% of them were stronger emotionally and had less, uh, less of that mental illness, or not illness, but whatever disorder going on. So uh, you look at your neighbor again and say, you need to pray in the Spirit more. <laughs> like, oh, where do I look? Right. But you do. Amen? You do. We all do. Amen? All right, so another study from the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking, willful part of the brain to which people control what they do, were relatively quiet, as were their language centers. When speaking in tongues, there was a de- decrease of activity in their frontal lobes and an increased activity in the uh, thalamus, uh, the third brain, where it is believed that some, by some, that we have our spiritual experiences. Language area, language areas are found in the frontal lobes. The language that emerged during the state of tongues was highly structured, filled with clear, uh, clearly articulated phrases. This is a very unusual finding, for it suggests that the language was being generated in a different way or possibly from some place other than the normal processing centers of speech. For believers, this experience could be taken as proof that another entity actually was speaking through them. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active. The people believed that God is talking through them, the doctor said. The amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretation of what was happening. So the doctors had images of these five women that supported that their, their words were not coming from the frontal lobes, that, that active part of their brain. It was coming from some other place or some other entity. And we know the entity, entity, not enemy, the entity to be the Spirit of God, to be God. So does Scripture back that up? Does Scripture back up that when you pray, 
in the Spirit that Holy Spirit is praying through you? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. I want you to think about this. Because if you can pray in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is praying through us, I think that's something we should do. Amen? In English or tongues or both. It's not, it's not just English. It's not just tongues. It's both. You can do both. Amen? So uh, let me give you a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So this one makes it sound like I am praying. But you know what? You are praying. When you pray in tongues, it's your mouth, it's your tongue, it's your vocal cords, but it's the Spirit of God in you who's given the utterance, isn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says? I'll show it to you if you don't remember that verse. Um, but also, 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, But he who is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So when you're praying, when you're praying and you're praying spirit-led prayers, God's praying too. It's one spirit. You've one with God. All right? When you are yielding to the Holy Spirit in you, he is praying through you. Okay? All right. Another one. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans which cannot be uttered. So there the Holy Spirit is making groans. He's making intercession for us, through us, when we're praying in tongues. Okay, I can show you the root words and stuff. It's, it's definitely talking about tongues. Uh, so the Holy Spirit can pray through you. Guys, if you don't know it, that's a good thing. All right? If you haven't done it yet, today is your day. Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So again, my mouth, my tongue, uh, my will, my emotions, utterance, the words are coming from the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's God. Okay? This did not go away. This is not for Pentecostals or crazies. This is the gift by the Spirit of God that Paul said he wished every one of us would do. And he said he prayed in tongues more than everybody put together. And he wrote uh, half to two-thirds of the Bible. So is it possible there's a connection there? I would say absolutely yes. I'm way smarter now than I was before, praise God. I just am. Way smarter, more mature, better looking, uh, healthier, 30-40% getting uh, secretions of those immune system stuff going on. I mean, it's good for you. Amen? Amen. So uh, a few more things I want to say about tongues is that... um, uh, when you pray in tongues, your your mind is unfruitful. You do not know what you're saying. Unless God gives you interpretation, sometimes he will. Sometimes it, you don't need it. Sometimes it's just to get your mind to shut up. Because your mind's racing and you're in stress and it's whatever you need your mind to shut off and shut up, pray in the Spirit. It will work really quick, especially if you've done it a while. But because uh, your mind's unfruitful, your mind can wander to all over the place. It can wander to thoughts of what you're going to eat later, what who's playing basketball tonight, it can wander to some dirty or perverted thought. It can wander to anything. Or you can take captive those thoughts and think on things you want to on purpose and choose. Like I can think on someone in my church while I'm praying in tongues. And I'm thinking on Anna or Noah or Michael, your family, or anybody's family, Joan, Evelyn, whoever they've been, that were struggling earlier with their health issues. You can think about them in my mind, but in my spirit, I'm praying mysteries out of my spirit by the Spirit of God, and I'm praying and interceding for them with groans that words can't express, and I'm praying for them. And I'm, as I'm thinking on them, I'm praying for them. Yeah. I just know it by myself. I, just, I don't know how to, I know it. And sometimes I'll just feel a shift, and I'm like, okay, now I need to pray for someone else. And then Joe comes to mind, and I start praying for Joe, what's going on in his life or his business or whatever. I start praying in the Spirit, interceding for him. 
and you just feel this divine flow that's flowing through you. Or you can take what I have here, like prayer cards. You can pray scripture, and uh, you have a scripture you're trying to understand, you know, or you want more revelation of it. You can take, I've been writing these different ones down over the years, and just ones I have kind of front and back different verses. But I can read, you can, you can totally read a book and pray in tongues at the same time. Because your brain is so not engaged. It's coming from another place. You can totally do it. I've done that just to try it because I heard, I think Kenneth, Co- Kenneth Hagen or Kenneth Copeland, someone said that he could do it. And so I tried. I'm like, man, you can do it. You really can. But So in my head, I'm reading, like say this verse, Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, for we are also his offspring. But at the same time, in my head, I'm reading this. I'm praying with my spirit in other tongues. Quietly, not my kids can't hear me. Holly can't hear. I'm just sitting in my chair, and I'm doing that, and I can feel the presence of God. And when I feel uh, to move to the next one, I flip it over and go to the next one. And it's God made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And I'm meditating on these verses, and while I'm meditating on them, and I'm praying the Spirit, God brings revelation, knowledge of these verses, and it helps transport the verses from my head to my spirit to memorize them. Not just memorize them, but to, to own them, to possess them. So that when I'm in a time of need or I'm in some place in Uganda or something and it's creepy, scary, or something's going on, I have the, the word of God established in my heart that happened by sitting in my comfortable chair at home, praying in the Spirit and reading God's word. And my mind's not wandering way over here and like this when I do this. So that's just uh, something you can add. If you guys don't do that now, you can add that to your time of prayer with the Lord. Um, another thing, tongues, for, um, is the Bible says... In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. When you're praying in tongues, you're talking to God. It's communication with God. Even though the Holy Spirit's speaking through you, he's still talking to God. So he's talking to you. It's a communication. I don't know how it totally works, but it's the Spirit's praying through you. You're giving the words. He's giving the utterance. You're speaking the words, but you're talking to God, and it's this communion. It's this conversation of going on of prayer and intercession. And God wants us to do it. Also, when you pray in tongues, we enter into a place of rest. Okay? Let me show you this one from the Old Testament. I got just uh, this one and one more scripture. You guys will stay with me. But after I'm done reading all these, I want to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto your sozo. Unto your salvation. And that we, this is, again, this is not a denominational message. This is the Bible. We have, in my opinion, we have no right to rip out pages that make us feel uncomfortable or awkward or less or whatever reason we don't like certain verses. Uh, if we don't like them, we got to talk to God about it. And I mean, I remember Andrew, uh, um, Randy Clark telling a story once where God asked him to preach on healing the sick, but that verse says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. It was, that was his main verse. And he would say, heal the sick, raise the dead. And cast, out, and cast out demons, you know? And he just didn't like saying the raise the dead part. And he's like, God started talking to him one day. He said, you need to stop whispering that part. I said that. If you look at who said it, I mean, Jesus said that. And he goes, I'm embarrassed to say that. I haven't raised the dead before. I, I can't do that. You can't heal the sick either, right? God does that through you. So, uh, so that night he's supposed to preach. He's like, all right, God, I won't whisper it today. I'll even maybe tell a story of someone else that, like Heidi Baker, someone who's seen the dead raised before. So he's preaching that night, and he doesn't whisper it or tone it down, just says it and moves on, and because he, he, he felt ashamed, right? It doesn't have to be just the, the, the gospel of going to heaven, right? It's the gospel message of the cross, the whole thing. It's the war. It's the whole thing, and it, we're not ashamed of this message, right? 
So uh, anyway, so he preached that, and that, that next day, there was a man in the crowd, and the next day, that little guy's little boy got hit by a car and right at the end of his driveway, hit by a car, and his kid was dead right there at the end of his driveway. And, he, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reminded him of the sermon he heard last night about raising the dead, and he took his son into his arms, hugged him, and prayed for God to resurrect his son, and he did. And he got back to Randy and told him that. Now, could you imagine if Randy would have been like, well, I can't say that because I've never raised the dead before. I've never seen that. So it can't be God's will or God's word because I haven't seen it, so I can only preach what I see. If we're only going to preach what we see, we're not going to have much to preach. Amen? Because you're not going to see your sins forgiven. You're not going to see some of these other things. You don't see it. We believe it because God said it. Amen? And as we believe it because God said it, we experience it. So... um, let me talk, going back to rest. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. It says, For with stammering lips and with another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So today, if you're not hearing me, you need to hear. But I'm telling you, I've been to lots of countries. I've spoke uh, to people from other languages. And guess what? They've never entered into a place of rest unless I bored them. Uh, they never entered a special place of rest. You know, they never, never had this refreshing when I spoke or they, when I was there and they spoke uh, in uh, different Indian languages or in Brazil, other places. They never bring me refreshing. So clearly God is talking with something else. And I think he, the Father's promise was poured out in Acts 2. And it was stammering lips with strange or another tongues. He will speak to this people and to whom he said, this is the rest. This is how you enter into this place of resting in the Lord, which has just medically showed you some things. Uh, and this is the refreshing, and we need to hear. We can enter that place of rest by praying in the Spirit. And last but not least, when we pray in tongues, we're giving thanks to God. And I won't read all this for the sake of time, but you guys are familiar with 1 Corinthians 14, where it says, you don't, uh, if someone's there doesn't understand, you shouldn't pray in tongues around them because they they're not going to be edified and blessed, right? And that's just an interpreter. But he said, you may be giving thanks well enough, but the person with you is not getting blessed because they don't know what you're saying. So when you are praying in tongues alone and, or wherever where it's appropriate for you, uh, you are giving praise and thanksgiving to God. Amen. So to remind you, just some of the benefits of praying in the Spirit, English or tongues, but... Uh, tongues was the last part I shared. Tongues helps us tame our tongue. It helps alleviate stress. Helps create positive mood and calmness. It edifies us and builds us up, giving us giving our immune system 35 to 40% boost. It helps generate greater emotional stability. We are yielding to the Holy Spirit. And he is praying through us. It helps us understand the scripture. We are communicating with God. It helps us enter into a place of rest and refreshing and we are giving thanks. Now, could it be this foolishness of man to man is the wisdom of God? He chose the foolish things of this world to done find the wise. And I just know he is smarter than me. When I, when I first, remember before I was full of spirit and praying in tongues, I was at Holly's parents' place. It was around Christmas time. And I, I mean, people make fun of things they don't understand, right? We just do. And so I was there, and I was, uh, I don't know how tongues came up, because to this day we still never really talk about that much. Uh, that I can remember. And next thing you know, I'm saying, want to buy a Honda, want to buy a Honda. Uh, I went and bought a Chevy, but I really got a Ford or something like that. <laughs> you can say all those different things. Like, you say it really fast. And I was like, want to buy a Honda, want to buy a Honda. You know, like, and uh, I was making fun of it and just because I didn't know. 
And then it wasn't even a year or less later, I came back and I had to apologize to her dad. Say, you know what? I made fun of last year. Well, guess what happened to me? And my experience changed my theology. Guys, don't let that be us. Let's not let our experience change our theology. Let's just be with what God says and let our belief change, let his word change our theology, amen? But uh, um, God is smarter than us, and he knows there's benefits when we pray in the Holy Spirit. Benefits for those we're interceding for, and there's benefits for us personally. Tapping out of this world system and tuning into the Lord and listening to what he has to say. So I'm going to invite you guys today. Um, I can't make anyone respond. I'm not going to guilt anyone to respond. Uh, this is something that's God. If, if those things, if I was selling you a vitamin, and I told you that vitamin would do all those things that I just said, you'd be, where can I sign up? I'll pay you $100 a month. I'll pay you $1,000 a month if you had it or whatever. We'd be all, it would sell worldwide on the market for a boost in your immune system, 30 to 40%, to give you peace, rest, and all those other benefits and things. And yet in the church, it's like, well, I don't know if I can do that. Or I don't think I want to do that. Or whatever the reasoning is. Um, God created our bodies. He knows what's best for us. And honestly, I think sometimes it's just our own religious pride that's holding us back from, from not doing this. Uh, I'm not asking to do it in front of everybody or on a microphone, but at home, uh, with Holly's experience, a little different. I w- uh, <laughs> I'll tell this and I'll move on. But um, when I first was filled with the Spirit and started praying for people that were getting healed and experiencing supernatural things, I, I when you pray for people, sometimes sometimes you feel that's like electric current going through your body. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And I was praying for Holly one time, and I was really I'd seen Benny Hinn on TV, and he was the only guy I'd seen. So I wanted to see if she'd fall out when I prayed for her. So she stand by the bed. I pray for her, and she like see if she's gonna fall out or not. But she didn't like that. <laughs> she like she didn't like that. Then I want to pray for her and see if she would pray in tongues. She, she didn't like that either. And uh, so anyway, um, she was just let me and God do this and alone, you know. And then sometime later, she said I got to release my prayer language, and she's been praying in the spirit ever since. But before I invite you to come forward for for prayer for this, um, I just want to share a word I received from uh, Todd Swartz. I, and I got this about a year ago, and honestly, I forgot about it. I apologize to you guys. I forgot. I was reading through some of my old prophetic words um, a couple of days ago, and I read this like, I don't think I ever told the church this one at all. But um, Todd called me, and if you don't know Todd, him and G over here three, four years ago, whatever it was, and they went to Bethel, trained at uh, a Reading Church, and uh, really gifted prophetically, has a really pretty strong following on Facebook, and it just he's a pretty profound, profound guy. But he called me one day out of the blue and just said, God spoke to me today about your church. And he said, he wanted me to ask the church to pray in the Spirit for about 10 to 15 minutes a day. He wanted me to, ask, me to ask you guys to do that at least 10 to 15 minutes a day. I'm not asking you guys to do it an hour a day like I'm doing right now, but I am asking you to do some, if two minutes or 10 to 15 minutes. And then he said, ask them to stand facing the church and declare the vision and calling of the church coming forth. And I like that. I think this, I think I maybe you lost it for a reason. But the time is now for that. Stand when you're praying time, face towards the church and declare the vision and calling coming forth. Then ask God, pray and ask God to send the broken people in our church that, that need to hear the word. Broken people that are wounded and broken need the Lord. Uh, he saw the number 444. I don't know what that means, but I did look online. It had some kind of connection, some people think, to angels. 
The next thing he said, he felt like uh, God was going to release a new level of angelic activity in our church. And I thought that could be connected to what uh, Sharon saw, an angel, with something about doing a new thing here. So, amen. Then he said uh, he saw powerful miracles coming, a season of miracles, and uh, God taking us, taking our ministry outside of the church. That's exactly what we've been talking about here for a while now. So miracles, powerful miracles, and not just in here, but outside of the church. He said he saw God raising up a powerful woman in the prophetic, and that, that will be used powerfully to encourage others. And he said he saw a, a women's group starting to, starting to come to our church and starting to meet here. So those are some things he told me. I again, apologize. I forgot to share that uh, before. But um, I think that's God. Right now we're in a season of praying and declaring things. And if, when you're praying in the Spirit, English or tongues, um, pray and, and declare things over our church, over, this, over what's going on. Stand facing our church and declare the, the vision, the purposes, the plans, the call of God on the church. Because the thing is, if we get into the sovereignty of God mode, we will never pray. But what if he's waiting to co-labor with us? Waiting to co-labor with our, our prayers and our hearts and, our, and, our, and what we're saying. And that helps us get ready for what he wants to do. Pray for a release in uh, angelic activity and miracles and us being active outside of the building. And for uh, God raising up powerful men and women in their giftings and uh, women group coming to our church and all these things, the prophetic words over our lives too are going to come to pass as we remember them and dec- decree and declare them. First Timothy 1.18, remember? It says, Paul said to Timothy, uh, remember the words that were spoken over you. So by the remember them, you can walk in them. You'll fight the good fight of faith, and you'll walk in them. So as you're doing that, turn and stand towards the church and declare these things, what God wants. Amen? There's an awakening coming. There's awakening to hear. And that awakening is going to come through prayer. Uh, in our own lives, in churches, and in, in, in countries, and nations. But one of the ways, if you haven't yet, Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. If you haven't yet, it's not an insult. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a, this guy's got this nice car and I don't have one. It's, that's not what it is at all. It's an invitation, like, you can have it too. God's a good Father. He said, how much more will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's not going to give you a, fi- a, a snake. He's not going to give you a, a rotten egg or a stone. He's gonna, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All right? It is God's will for you to be empowered with the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, so you can connect with God and all those other things I mentioned before. So today, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Um, I'm not going to stand up here begging anybody. It's a gift from God. Amen? It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. It, it might be outside of your box. It might be outside of your background. But it's a gift from God, and it's to empower you, not to shame anybody. So... I'm going to invite you to come forward, and Holly and I will pray for you. If we have a, a larger response, we can have more come and pray for you. But uh, God wants to pour this out on you. And if you have already done that, or maybe you haven't done it in a while, or maybe you feel like you need a breakthrough in your prayer language, maybe you have just a few syllables at first, you haven't really have a flow in, in, your, in your prayer language, you can come up and pray for that too, for God to release a new level, a new flow of praying in tongues for you. You want to talk about Mark's message about dying to self? Pray in tongues for a while. And you see what happens. See how you feel. See how your flesh feels when you're praying in tongues for a while. 
talking about dying to self. I mean, that's a quick lesson right there. <laughs> it's a quick tutorial right there. So uh, let me pray for you guys. I can't make it happen. I can't make you respond. I can't, I can't make you be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can't make you pray in tongues. I, uh, I can't, and I don't want to do that. And God doesn't want to do that. It's an invitation. And uh, Jesus is the one who baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire. And he said that to Apostle, he said that to John the Baptist. John the Baptist talked about that. That uh, he would come, one that comes after me is not willing for me, not wor- I'm not worthy to even tie his shoes. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So I'm going to pray for you guys. And if you want to respond, come up. Um, and I would love to pray for you. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I don't need this for me, God. I don't, I don't need a response for me. I'm asking you, God, for a response because I just know in my heart what it's done for me, and I know in my heart what the word says, that it's a good thing. It's not a prideful thing. It's just a, it's a good thing from God. It's a gift. And God, uh, I believe you put this word on my heart today. And if you want someone to respond to that, I pray you would prompt them. It wouldn't be my words. It'd be you prompt them, lead them, and guide them and direct them. else I tell you if you're afraid I mean I was afraid too I understand it it's a spiritual thing it's it's not a logical reasoning thing just ask God just ask him It's going to wait a little bit longer, not, not much. I'm not going to. So if um, I'm going to pray for David, but if you're if you're struggling some with this, this and I understand, man. It was a big struggle for me. Like I said, I was making fun of it. I uh, I was I was brought up where I was against it, and this is a bad thing, or this went away with the apostles, or a lot of different things I, I was taught. Um, and I understand that, and you might be nervous to respond now, and that's fine. But I want to at least ask you in your own heart if you'd be willing to entertain the conversation with the Lord on the matter.
and let the word of God have a factor in what you believe. Okay. So I'm going to pray for David. If you guys want to stretch your hands towards him, he already does pray in the spirit, but he's asking for a greater release of flow in that because uh, sometimes he can flow and sometimes it's not flowing as much as he would like. You know, guys, praying in tongues is not the be-all, end-all of the Christian life. There's still faith. There's still hope. There's still love. There's still, but man, it is a gift that does help you. And it, 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 build, it builds you up, makes you stronger, helps you understand scripture. There's a lot of good things. So um, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray and dismiss you guys. If you want more prayer, it come up. If you were nervous to come before, still come up. That's okay. It's okay. Um, yes doesn't have to be done today but it can be amen i'm going to take the pressure off people and we no one works at their best when they're in fear amen so this invitation from me and my heart behind it was intended anyway to be a invitation of love and take us higher into places where god wants us to go so god i just i bless your children today i thank you for each one of them i thank you for saving us redeeming us, calling us, and also empowering us to be witnesses. And that's what you said would happen in Acts 1-8, that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the world. In this house, God has an apostolic calling on it, a calling to the nations, and so we need the power of God. We need the power of God to be to minister to the nations and to be ministered to and, and to love. So God, I thank you for all of the gifts in the word, all the fruit, all, the, all of it, Lord, everything that comes from your spirit. We thank you for that, God. Yes. Yes. Just bless my friends and family today. In Jesus' name, I pray you'd stir us all up to pray in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.